Hey, this is Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Chapel, Divine, Texas. Would really like to thank you for taking time to check out our podcast, our Sunday sermons, and our Wednesday night Bible studies. You can always share this, download it, or even find it on Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, SoundCloud, and pretty much wherever you can find a podcast. You can also find out about our church service times. We have our Sunday service at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night Bible study at 7 p.m. We're located in the Market Media Building. It's located at 203 East College Avenue, Sweet C in Divine, Texas. Plus, if you need to get any other information from the church, you can do all of this at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. Here's today's teaching. All right, so I just simply entitled this a prayer for Calvary Chapel Divine. And, and so as I was looking at the vision for or praying about the vision for 2022, this, this prayer was something that really stuck out to me because it was something that um, it's actually the second prayer in, in the book of Ephesians. There's, there's another prayer in chapter 1 which is, really deals with enlightenment. It's, 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 it's the, uh, uh, the way that you approach Christ. And this prayer deals with you being enabled to do the work of Christ. And, and so for us, one of the things that, that, that really was on my heart is that, you know, it's a prayer for, for strengthening and a prayer for, um, you know, for the power to be able to do what we're called to do, even as a mom or as a, as a husband or, or a dad, but also to be able to serve the community as well. And so we'll look at this in three parts. The first one will be prayer to be strengthened in verses 14 through 16. And then uh, product and reasoning for strengthening in verses 17 through 19. And then power of strengthening in verses 20 through 21. Now again, this is like I said, this is the second recorded prayer. And and in that prayer, uh, in the first one, he deals with the enlightenment. And it says in, in, in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 18, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened that you may know what is the hope to which is, which he has called you, uh, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in his saints. But when we get to this, this verse, Paul is actually praying for the church of Ephesus. And Paul is, is praying for them to be enabled to do the work of God. And, and one of the things that I think what we forget is like when, as a church, the work of God actually begins in our home. It begins in our marriages and our families, and then it permeates into the church and out into the community. And so one of the things I did want to pray about is, is just as a church to see us continue to, uh, to grow, but at the same time to grow spiritually. I think it's important that we remember that. At the end of the day, we can be busy doing ministry, but if we're not growing in our families, uh, in our marriages, uh, in our relationship with Jesus Christ, we're really missing the, the boat because you can do, you can serve, serve, serve. I've seen people do it. And their flesh is exposed. And their marriages are a mess and their family is a mess. And it's like you need to focus on the things that are important, which is God's provided you with a husband or a wife and with a family. Uh, and and that that permeation of the heart should not only start with you, but it should also be in your in your marriage and then through your family, and then then it then it permeates into the church, and then from that out into the community. And that's really what my prayer is. It's like I don't I want us to be a church that actually when when somebody meets you or they they go oh okay yeah I. I, I, I know that person. Man, I know their family. I know their, I know their, their, their uh, the spouse. You live in a small town, so let me tell you something. People know everybody. And so it, it doesn't take much to ruin a testimony. And you could do it very quickly. And so one of the things I love is in this verse, in this prayer, Paul is, is, is talking about having Christ dwell in our hearts. To dwell. And that's something that, I, that's, that's my prayer for y'all, is that Christ would dwell in your heart, that it wouldn't just be lip service. And so our, our first part we see is prayer to be strengthened in verse 14. It says, for this reason I bow my knees 
to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so, one of the things we see is the posture of prayer. He's on his knees in humility. And, and honestly, one of the things, I mean, you can pray many different ways, but when you go on your knees, it's a, it's a, a sign of humility. And we need to remember that, that in the same way, prayer should be that important for us as well. I think it's probably one of the most neglected things that happens in the church is prayer. Um, and I'll talk about this a little bit more when we get to it on Wednesday. We were talking about Sarah's been asking for help for, for, uh, for worship. She needs somebody to play guitar. And we, me and Teresa looked at each other and go, you know what, we have not been praying for that. We haven't been praying for it. So we started last night. But it's like it's so easy to forget the, the needs of the church and all. And, and so that's why prayer, we're going to start doing it once a month. We need to be praying for the things that are needed within the body of Christ. We need to be praying for the families within the body of Christ and their needs. And so it's easy for us to get into a place where we forget to pray. I did as a pastor. I think we had this conversation with Sarah back in September. So it's not like it hadn't come up before. And so, and I have a son who's, you know, he's like, let's go get a guitar. That quickly. And I'll start, start playing again. But it was just a reminder to me that how important prayer is. You know, we need to be, we need to be taking time to spend time with God in prayer. And that's for you. I mean, maybe it's not necessarily for the things in the church, but for your family. Things that you know that are going on. The things that you need help with. The things that you need God's guidance with is to spend time praying about them. Jesus prayed for guidance. And we, at the very beginning of his ministry in Mark chapter 1 verse 35. And rising very early in the morning. While it was still dark he departed and went out to a desolate place. And there he prayed. He prayed there. And Jesus took time to be with the Father. It was a priority for him to, to take time and pray. And that's how it should be for us. We, we can't just rush through life and, and not spend time with the Father. And Luke 22, uh, Luke 22 verse 44, when Jesus prayed at a time of anguish, and being in agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. And what were his disciples doing? In verse 45, And when he rose from prayer, he came to the disciples and found them sleeping for sorrow. They were dead asleep. And I, I honestly, I think that's kind of where we're at as a church. We need to be, we need to be people of prayer. We need to be people of prayer. Bowing to the knees of the Father in humility, coming to Christ, knowing that, that, that He wants to hear from us. The Creator of the world wants to hear from us. And it says, And from the whole family in the heaven and earth is, is named. And this is something very important that we, we see that, that Paul is talking about. He's talking about unity of the body of Christ. Jew and Gentile. This is one of the things that I love uh, that, you know, I get to be, I, I was invited to go to another DMF board meeting. And that's, that's all the pastors here in Divine, the Christian churches here in Divine. And I, I'm doing that tomorrow. And I, I love the opportunity to be able to do that because it's the Lutheran church and the Baptist church and the Calvary Chapel church. And they're all working together to do the work of the Lord here in the, in the community. And so it's the whole family of God working together in unity. And that's something that we, we need to do and, and need to remember. Uh, we're not in competition with anybody here in, in town. Uh, you know, uh, we're not trying to pick sheep off from another church. That's not what we're here or called to do. Uh, we're here to, to, to do the work that God has called us to do in this church and to remember that we are a family. 
and that you know these are your brothers and sisters It, it hurts me sometimes to hear people say i've been hurt in the church it happens I would love to tell you it doesn't because I I could tell you, think about your brother and sisters. How many times did your brother and sisters hurt you growing up? It happens. We We have to, you know, learn to be able to forgive. Sometimes it's moving on and that happens. But we need to remember that we are a family in Christ. It says in verse 16 that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with the might through his spirit in the inner man. Now let's deal first before we get into the strengthening. The inner man is actually the eternal, the soul, the conscious is what it's talking about. So that's the center of the person's life. It's, it's where our strength lies. So the believer's strength from God is, is, is active in the believer's life. It's the power that works through the believer. That's why it tells us in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of the soul and the spirit and the joints and the marrow, and is discerning of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So if the inner being is the soul... And the Word of God penetrates the soul and the spirit and the heart. How important is God's Word to us? It's God's Word, that inner being. Is, that's what guides the center of our life is, is, is our relationship with Christ. Our relationship with Christ. And, you know, we, we, we see here that he's praying for four things. One of them being strengthening. Paul is asking you to be strengthened. He's asking you to be strengthened in the spirit, but not in the flesh. We talked about the difference between the flesh the last time I taught. Matt was teaching last week. The last time I taught, we talked about the differences between the flesh and the spirit. And, 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 and understanding that when, when Paul is praying for the strengthening, he's not asking you to be strengthened in your flesh. He's not saying, I want you to be strengthened in your inner being and your flesh. No. See, remember Nicodemus was told by Jesus in John 3, 6. It says, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. In Romans chapter 8, verse 6 says, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. When you're in your flesh, it's death. It, it, it's, there's nothing good that's going to come out of it. Spiritually minded, it's life and peace. And so he's asking uh, God to strengthen the believer in the spirit, to be strengthened in the spirit, not in the flesh. That's why we have to be born again. That's why Jesus told us we had to be born again. And, and, and Christ was telling us in order for us to, to, to be born in the spirit, it's, it's living differently. You're a new creation in Christ that old should be done and be passed on. In Romans 8, 9, it says, You, however, are not, a, not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If, in fact, the Spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to Him. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, you don't belong to God. I know that's hard to, to hear for some people, but at the end of the day, you have to choose to follow Jesus Christ or not. And, and sadly, if we think about being strengthened in the Spirit, we could probably remove the Spirit in a lot of churches and ministry would still go on because it's being done in the flesh. One of the things I'm praying for for our church for 2022 is that if we do something, we do it in the Spirit. We're being called to do it. You know, I... I what I mean by that is like if we, we did the night of worship. It just, it, it, it happened. It was something that the Spirit gave us to do, and we did it. And we saw just, it was a wonderful night. And we saw everybody just working together, and it was something that was done in the Spirit. And, and so that's what we want. We don't want to be in our flesh doing ministry. 
Because if we're in our flesh doing ministry, if you start getting upset with somebody out here, everybody's going to see all that. You do the Cactus Fest. We did the Cactus Fest. It was, it, was, it was a lot of work. But it was a lot of fun. And we got to bless a lot of kids. And, and, but again, if we're going to do something in the Spirit, we need to be called to do something in the Spirit. Not to do it in your flesh. Remember, and, and the believers needed the Holy Spirit. In the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 4, verse 31, it says that when he had prayed, the place in which they gathered together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. It's, it's through the Spirit that we have the boldness. It's through the Spirit that we're strengthened. And that word boldness in the Greek actually means to be free and fearless in confidence. You're, you're, you're in boldness to be, to be fearless to share God's word with anyone. You're being strengthened to do that. And that's all done through the Holy Spirit. That's how we should be in 2022. We need to have that boldness here in, in divine to share Christ with people, uh, to pray with people, to be bold enough to say, you know what, I'm going to stop what I'm doing here in Walmart. I'm going to pray for you. Or I'm at the divine food pantry. I'm going to stop. Let's pray. We need to be, we need to be ready to do these things. And that's, that's even here in the church. Because sometimes what will happen is something's going on in somebody's life. And they come in like everything's okay. But they're really hurting inside. And they need prayer. And they, they confide in you or they talk to you. And you just, man, pray for them. Talk with them. Listen to them. Be available to them. Be, ask the Holy Spirit to give you boldness to, to minister to them. That's what, that's what we need to be doing. Verses 17 through 19, we'll see the product and reasoning for strengthening. And we see that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you be rooted and grounded in love. Now that word dwell actually means in the Greek that it's to settle down to be at home. To settle down to be at home. That Christ may dwell in your hearts. That Christ may settle down and be at home in your hearts through faith so is christ at home in your heart that's what you have to ask in john 14 23 it says jesus answered and if anyone loves me he will keep my word and my father will love him and he will come to him and make our home with him jesus christ wants to dwell in your heart he wants to dwell in your heart. It's, it's, it's that permeation that we were talking about. Anybody who has been in Texas, y'all know Texas barbecue. When, when you cook a brisket, a good brisket, the, the flavor permeates through the whole brisket. That flavor goes through the whole brisket, that big old brisket. And that's what should happen in our heart is Christ should permeate out of our heart and into our marriage, and into our families, and into the church. That's what creates a healthy church. Is when we allow Christ to, to permeate and to make home in our heart. And when He makes home in your heart, that means that some stuff's going to have to go. And that's, that's one of the things I want to make sure we get. A lot of people make, uh, what is it, resolutions at the beginning of the year. I hear it all the time. I'll hear it from Christians all the time. Well, I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to try to exercise more. I'm going to cut back on the, the cake or whatever. But I never hear anything. I'm going to read my Bible more. I'm going to spend more time in prayer. The resolution is always worldly and never from the Spirit. I, I don't know what that is. Like as Christians, I, you know, I want to spend more time in God's Word. You know, it's like what, it, what is a resolution going to do with... It, it, at the end of the day, we need to understand like to have Christ permeate from our heart is to have Him spread throughout our life. 
I mean, it's great that you want to lose weight. It's great that you want to exercise. But it'd be great if you say, you know what, I'm going to make time every day to pray. I didn't do that in 2021. That's the beauty of, of 2022. It's like, okay, you get a new start. Whatever I didn't do last year, I'm going to try to do this. I'm going to try to do it this year. I'm going to make time to be in God's Word this year. Because I want Christ to dwell in my heart. And 1 Corinthians 10 verse 31 says, Therefore, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. If He makes residence in your home, all you do should be done to the glory of God. In 1 John chapter 2 verse 28 and 29 it says, And now, little children, abide in Him, that when He appears we may have confidence and not be ashamed before Him at His coming. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who practices righteousness is born of him. So you're his children, and you should, you should be revealing the characteristics of Christ in your life. Are you doing that? That's, that's what you have to ask yourself. This is something that you can take from the Scripture today. Like, am I, am I, am I God's child? And by meaning that, do I, do, I, do I actually have those characteristics of the Heavenly Father in my life? If I'm blowing up and getting angry at, at the house or, you know, I don't have control of my anger or something, I'm not really a, an example of Christ. I need to ask God to help me with that, to deal with that. See, in order for me to be a believer, I have to abide in Christ. I need to do what Christ is asking me to do. In Romans 10, 17, it says, So faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. So if Christ is going to dwell in my heart, it's going to be through faith. I want Christ to make His, His home in my heart. Christ needs to be the center of my life. And the next thing, it has to be, in order for it to be a relationship, it needs to be deeply rooted and grounded in love. It has to be deeply rooted and grounded in love. Whenever I think of, of roots, you think of, 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 of the tree and how the roots are supposed to go deep into the soil. I can remember when we had uh, Hurricane Hugo go through uh, uh, Charleston. And the trees that survived were not the, the big, big trees. It was those pine trees that go, the, the, the roots go down, straight down and deep. They survived. The tops of them got knocked off, but the tree, the, they, they survived. The big oak trees, they, the roots weren't as deep. They just flipped right over. The wind knocked them right over. And, and, and that's one of the things that we don't need to be tossed to and fro uh, in, in, our, in our beliefs. And so you need to have deep roots. As a, as a Christian... One of the things we need to be praying for is, is spiritual deep roots. And, and that, this, that's covered in Psalm 1, verses 1 through uh, 3. It says, who, uh, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seats of scoffers, but his, but his delights in the law of the Lord. And, of, uh, and on his law he meditates day and night. So on no uncertain terms... Is he sitting or standing or walking or conjugating with sinners at all? But it says in verse 3, He's like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in season. And the leaves do not wither, and all he does, he prospers. When your roots are deep, it requires the Word of God in your life to help keep you centered and to allow those roots to get deep. It's your relationship with God. That's why he's asking you to be strengthened by the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit, to give you the strength not only to have Christ dwell in your heart through faith, but that your roots would be deep, deep in his word, so you know what to do and what your direction is. This is what, what half the problem with Christians is, is they do everything based on feeling and emotion. And that's not what God does. When, when God is directing you, He wants you to remove those feelings and emotion from it and then make your decision based upon His Word, 
based upon the direction of the Holy Spirit, based upon prayer, based upon time and meditation with God. That's why it says, delight in the law of the Lord and his law, and, and, and his law meditates day and night. We need to have something on our hearts in order for us to meditate on. Like we're supposed to, uh, the reality is, is we're supposed to look through the world through the Bible. And that's how we make our decisions. But if we're doing it based upon emotion and feelings, we don't do that, do we? We don't think about, you know, those things. And so we need, to, we need to remember that. The other thing is to be grounded in love. And that refers to your, your foundation. Your foundation. And I, we're told in Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 27, build your house on the rock. It says, everyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a, man, uh, like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house. But it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against the house and fell and great was the fall of it. One of the things you need to understand is it says in both of those who hear the words of mine. So both parallels, he's telling you, they hear, one listens, and one doesn't. Now, if you go, man, <laughs> my foundation got knocked off the, it's gone. It got blown out by the rain and the wind in 2021. It's okay. Build your foundation now. That's the beauty of Christ. Christ just says, hey, you know what? Get up. Let's try it. Let's do this again. I love you. We're going to find that out as we get into the love of Christ. Is like he loves you no matter what. And, and so when you're rooted and grounded, it's unconditional love. It's agape love. It's, it's a, a, a love that respect, it expects nothing in return. And so he's asking us to live a life of selflessness and kindness and brokenness and meekness. That's what we're called to do. That's why it tells you in 1 Corinthians 13, 13, so now faith, hope, and love abide, these three, but the greatest of these is what? Love. Love. We cannot live this life as a Christian without love. You can't. You can't. And, and, and you know, if you want to know about God's love, here's some verses that'll, that'll give that to you. The origin of love is divine in 1 John 4, 8. He does not love, does not know God, for God is love. God loves you no matter what. Now, He does not love your sin. He wants you to repent of your sin, but He loves you and, and wants that relationship with you. We love God because He first loved us, 1 John four nineteen. We love Him because He first loved us. And in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7, the love of God is the most costly thing to know. Uh, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, Ephesians 1.7. It cost God his son, Jesus. That's how much he loved us. The love of God is free to all who receive it. In Romans chapter 3, verses 24 through 25. For all have sinned, fall, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, but being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. The love of God is universal in its offer in John 3.16. Also in, in, in Ephesians 2.4, the love of God is great and is unbounded in its work. Ephesians 2.4, it says, But God who is rich in, in mercy because of His great love with which He, he loved us. His love is un, unchanging in John 13.1. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew his hour had come that he should depart from this world, the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. God's love is inseparable. Romans 8, 35, verse 39. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril of sword? Nothing. Nothing. 
Nothing. And so, and you have to remember that, that there's nothing that can separate us from the love of God. As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for slaughter. Yet all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ our Lord. And we heard this one coming in this morning in Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 3 from, uh, from Raul Reese. The love of God is everlasting. Jeremiah 31, verse 3, The Lord has appeared, to, uh, appeared of old to me, saying, Yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn you. The love of God is perfect in 1 John 4:18. There is no fear in love, but perfect love that casts out fear, because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. So as a Christian, we need to remember we have God's love in us, and we should be doing what? Loving others. Right? And it says in verse 18, May he may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the length, what is the width, the length, and the depth, and the height. To know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you would be filled with the fullness of God. And so the word comprehends is, is, is actually asking us to comprehend and, and understand the love of God's expanses and, and to comprehend the breadth, the length, the height, the depth. And the breadth actually deals with John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And that deals with the width that everyone can come to know Christ. It's, it's wide enough for every person. The length in 1 Corinthians 13.8, love never ends. and It's forever. And, and uh, it says in 1, uh, 1 Corinthians 13.8, love never ends as for prophecies that will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. But God's love is long enough to last through eternity. The depth deals with the cross. And uh, Philippians 2.8, And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. God loved us deep enough to reach the worst sinner. And the height is dealing with heaven, uh, the vertical. In 1 John chapter 3, verses 1-2, through 2, it says, See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God. And so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that they did not know Him. Beloved, we are God's children now. And what we will be has not yet, yet appeared, but what we know that when He appears, we shall be like Him because we shall see him as he is. And so God's love is high enough to take us into heaven. And so you see, the breath is that, that stretched out hand on the cross. And, um, and he was slain for the whole foundation. The length is, is in Revelation 13, 8. Uh, as he's slain before the foundation of the world. And how deep does Jesus go? My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me as he cried, as he paid for the sins of the world? His hype of his love, as he looks up from the cross, he says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And we know that the, the hype, the depth, the length, and the breadth has all been handled on the cross and is rooted and grounded in Calvary. And it says in verse 19, To know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with the fullness of God. And that is to be filled with the fullness of God is, is that we would understand and be able to comprehend the love and the mercy of Christ. I think a lot of Christians struggle with this as they, they, they struggle with something in sin or something that happens and they think, I'm done. Christ could never love me anymore. And that's not true. That's not true. Uh, a lot of times people will, will, you know, use that and they kind of drift away and they think, man, I, I messed up. And 
like his grace wasn't good enough. You know, it's, <laughs> that's why I always tell you, there's grace for the journey. And, and you should extend that grace to other people. There's plenty of grace for the journey. And, and, and one of the things that we need to remember is understanding that vastness of his mercy and love is something that we need to be praying for because Satan doesn't want you to know that. Satan wants you to think you're finished. You sinned. It's over. And, and it wants to stop that relationship right then. And that's not what God wants. God wants you to experience His fullness. He wants you not only to experience, but to be filled with it. To be filled with it. Unfortunately, what happens is that for us to be filled with the Spirit... It talks about this in Ephesians because Ephesians is a unique book because the first two books are, are you learning about who Christ is, chapter 1, chapter 2. Chapter 3 is for uh, at that point when you're going to start walking and, and actually applying the things that you're, you're, you're asked to do. And that happens in chapters 4 and 5. When you get to chapter 6, he tells you to do what? To put on the armor of God. Daily. That's something you're supposed to do daily. And so for us, he's telling us that we should be filled with the Spirit. He tells us that in Ephesians 5.18. He says, And do not uh, get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. Now, I grew up with a father that was drunk with wine. Well, not wine, but beer. Pat's Blue Ribbon, to be honest with you. Probably drunk the cheapest beer that they had. You know, um, my grandfather, too. You know, I'm thinking about it. But they were, they were under a different influence. They were under the influence of the, that, that thing. What, what Paul is asking us to do is to be filled with the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. And, and that's the question you have to ask yourself is whose influence are you under? So, like, at home, and I always tell people, you want to know who I am, ask my kids. Ask my wife. They'll tell you. Like, if you're, if you're, not, if you're filled with something else, they'll let you know. But if you're, you know, what are you being filled with? That's the question. Because he's asking us to be filled with the fullness of God, right? To be filled with the fullness of God. And that comes from the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with the fullness of God. Ephesians 4, 13 and 14 says, Until we all attain the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. God wants every believer to actually exhibit the qualities of His Son. Like we're all supposed to exhibit the qualities of His Son. But what happens with so many believers in the rest of verse 14 of Ephesians 4, it says, So that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by waves and carried about by, uh, by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. What happens with a lot of people is they, they're spiritually immature and they get tossed around because they have no center of Christ dwelling in the heart of them. There's no Christ permeating through the heart and into their life. Uh, and, and so they, they don't know how to measure the height, the length. The lo- they don't know how to measure. And so what ends up happening is it, it, it creates a weak Christian. And, and so we need to remember, it, one of the things we want to be filled with the fullness of Christ by the love of Christ. That's what, what we, we should be praying for. But we need to ask ourselves, does whose influence are we under? Are we being filled with the Spirit? You know, because sometimes we're, we're in our flesh. That's that battle again of the flesh and the Spirit. Which one are you giving more to? If you feed the flesh, you're going to get more of the flesh. If you feed the Spirit, you're going to get more of the Spirit. And, and so we have to ask ourselves that. Finally, in verses 20 and 21, we see the power of strengthening. It says now, and this is actually the doxology of the, uh, and, and that's just simply him praising God uh, through him, through prayer. Uh, Paul's going to be doing this in verses 20 and 21. It says, now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all, 
that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. To him be the glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. And so we see the, the dox, which is the doxa, which is the glory, and then the logos, which is the word. That's the doxology, what it means. And so we see that Christ is able to do all that we ask or even think. But also says that Christ is able to do all, uh, to do above all that we ask or think. But then it also says that Christ is able to do abundantly above all that we ask or think. But then it goes one further. It says, but Christ is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think. That means that when we come to God and, and we come to Him in prayer, that God is actually hearing us and, and wanting to, to answer those prayers. It's through the power that works in us. It, 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 one of the things that I love is it, it refers to the Holy Spirit. You know, it's that, that Holy Spirit that's constantly at work in your life. It's, it's producing the fruit of Christ and, and rebu- rebuking the sin in the flesh and allowing God to guide us and yield, uh, to yield that, that work that needs to be done in each of our lives. That God can do exceedingly abundantly. That's our problem is we think that God can't do that. We put a limit on what God can do. And that's one of the things that, that we have to stop doing as a church. Uh, this church belongs to God. It's not Mike's church. Okay? That's one of the things we need to remember. This is not my church. It's His. Whatever He wants to do here, He's going to do. And and that's happening. You know, I it, there is at one point, I didn't... You know, when we stepped out here, we had no clue what was going to happen. We just stepped out in faith. We stepped out in the power of the Holy Spirit. We stepped out rooted and grounded in love. Just, Lord, whatever you want to do. And I I even told my wife, I said, we'll do it for a year. And if nobody's here, then we'll come back and pray again and see what we're supposed to do. And, And that's what we do. We step out in faith. So I... As a pastor, one of the things that I do, I want you to, to, to actually to ask God to do exceedingly above all that you ask. 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 Don't be afraid to ask God. Now, you may get an answer of no. You may get a not, not at this time. And you may get your answer, but, but don't be afraid to ask God. Don't be afraid to ask the Lord. I, I think as Christians, one of the things is that power that works in us, that's the Holy Spirit. If God, that's one of the things I love is like when your heart aligns with what God wants, man, God is going to bless that and help you do that. But don't be afraid to ask. And I love that he's saying that it's not just for it's not just for Christ Jesus, not just Paul's generation, but all generations. So this is something that we're all supposed to be doing. So one of the things that we're going to do is we're going to pray, you know, as we, as we pray on Wednesday, we're going to pray for those things. I, I, you know, we're, we have things that are going to be happening over the next two months and Changes that will be happening. And we need to be praying for God to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we're asking. Because if you're dependent on me, we're in trouble. Don't depend on me. We're dependent on the Holy Spirit. Okay? I'm being honest with you. I want to be led by the Holy Spirit. I don't want to be doing what Mike wants to do. I did that for 39 years. It destroyed a marriage. It destroyed five kids. I want to be led by the power of the Holy Spirit. And as a church, that's one of the things that we need to, we need to be doing. John 15, 5 says this, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. From apart from me, you can do nothing. We can't do anything not unless we're connected to the power of the Holy Spirit. We can't do anything. And when we get cut off from the power, that's when unbelief begins. 
when we lose power of the Holy Spirit, we start drifting. That's when that unbelief begins. That's when we start having that unconfessed sin. We start living carelessly. We start watching things we normally wouldn't watch. Our attitudes change. And so we need to be connected to the power of the Holy Spirit. Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 through 16 says, Therefore, my beloved, as you also obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. To work out your salvation actually means that you're supposed to be doing something. You know? There should be some, some movement of some sort. And, and it says, For it is God who works in you, but... Uh, both to will and to work for his good pleasure, do all things without grumbling or dispute, and that you may be blameless and innocent and children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and uh, twisted generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast to the word of life, so that the day of Christ I may be proud that I did not run in vain or labor in vain. I love that because it tells you to do what? It, it says that, Holding fast to the word of life. Now, I don't know how else to tell you as a church how important God's word is in your life. It, it is something that you need to be in daily. Um, it, it should be guiding your life. It's the center of, uh, that's what permeates and, and fills your heart is, is, is by being in God's word. It directs your life. One of the things that we need to remember is, as we close out in verse 21, it says, To him be the glory in the church in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. One thing that the Ephesians church was known for was their works. But the love wasn't there. That's what Paul was writing us. The love relationship. The being filled with the Spirit. Um... Forty years later, the church of Ephesus is, is listed in the book of Revelation. And, and people forget this. It only took 40 years for that church to fall. In Revelation 2, verses 1 through 4, it says, To the angel of the church of Ephesus write the words of him who holds the seven stars in, the right, uh, in his right hand, who walks among the seven golden lamps, I know your works, your toil, and your patient endurance, and how you cannot bear those who are evil, but have tested those who call themselves apostles and are not, and I found them to be false. I know you are enduring patiently and bearing up for my sake, and I know you have grown weary, but I have that, this against you, that you have abandoned the love you had first. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the works you did at first, if not, I will come and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. Paul had asked for them to be filled with what? To be grounded and rooted in the love of Christ. Um, and to know the love of Christ surpassing knowledge. And yet that church forgot that. So, we cannot be in, in 2022, and I'll close it up here. We cannot be a church that um, is so busy in works that we forget the love. We can't be a church that's so busy in works that we're not led by the Spirit. But one of the things we cannot be is a church that, you know, our... You know, when I read this, this is a prayer really for us as a church. And this is what we're going to actually spend time this Wednesday praying for us as a church. Is, is to know the love of Christ and to, um, and, and to, uh, to, to, to understand, to be rooted and grounded in the love of Christ and to have that dwell in our, in our lives. And so, you know, just remember, I mean, at the end of the day, this is... You know, if you're looking at 2022, every, a lot of people start the beginning of the year going, well, I didn't do these things in 2021, so I'm going to try to do them in 2022. What I would ask you to do is look at it biblically, spiritually. Man, I neglected. I, I did the one-year Bible, but I stopped in June. <laughs> Maybe I can get make it to September this year, you know, or whatever. But you need to, 
look at it biblically and spiritually what God wants to do in your life and all. So, I mean, as a church, that's one of the things that we need to be praying for. So, um, we will be back in the book of Mark uh, next week. So, we'll be back to our regular teachings. We'll be back in the book of Mark. And, uh, and then after we do prayer this Wednesday, we'll be back in the book of Daniel and all. So, okay. So let's go ahead and close out in prayer. And uh, I know everybody, I hope everybody gets to feeling better. And uh, we'll be here ready to go Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for today. Uh, We do pray and just ask, Lord, that you just continue to be with those that are healing up, those that are sick, that you would uh, uh, just allow them to get better. We also just pray, Lord, for, for this, for our church. We pray that we would be uh power the power of the holy spirit lord to be strengthened by you uh to be rooted and grounded in love and to to understand uh to be filled with the the knowledge of your love the fullness of you lord uh, in our lives in our marriages in our families and uh, we just ask lord that you just continue to do a work here in this church and, and in our lives we thank you so much and we ask these things in jesus name Amen. Thank you so much. That was Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Divine, Texas. Remember, if you need to get more information on the church, you can do that at calvarydivine.org. God bless.